What does it mean to be a black man in the UK today? As a black man, as a mixed race black man, and as a queer mixed race black man, it's a question I've been asking myself lately. A quick Google of what is a black man, and you get a male adult member of an ethnic group having dark pigmentation of the skin. Sounds simple, doesn't it? But scroll further and you can get an urban dictionary definition saying, the black man protects, nurtures, fights, loves and defends his own 24-7. Sounds exhausting. Now I'm sure no one takes an urban dictionary definition too seriously, but as black men we are used to this. We grow up being told who we are, whether it's athletic, hypersexual or aggressive. The narrative around black men has been constructed, refined and perpetuated over hundreds of years. And so, in this series, I'm on a mission to explore black masculinity and what it really means. In this episode, I'll be exploring our identity as black men. I see identity as something that is built from the sum of our experiences, whether that's the town we grew up in, the music we listen to, or our family dynamic. These, along with things like our ambition, our gender expression, and the country that we live in, all work together to create our identity. But it's also something that is assigned to us. It is used to categorize and classify us for good reasons and sometimes for bad. And with that assignment comes assumptions, codes of conduct, and expectations placed on us. Assumptions like before the black man protects, nurtures, fights, loves, and defends his own 24-7. But I want to know if there's any merit to the idea that there exists universal elements to the black male identity. To answer this, I'm speaking to someone who wrote the book on black masculinity in modern day Britain, literally. Iggy London is an award-winning filmmaker, artist, and writer. Known for his distinctive style and gripping stories, his work crosses many mediums from films to poetry to photography. He has created work for the likes of Nowness, Love Magazine, Nike and Vogue. And his work has been covered on ID, High Snobiety, Dazed and The Guardian, to name a few. I managed to catch Iggy ahead of the release of his debut book, Mandem. Mandem is a collection of essays exploring what it means to be a black man in contemporary Britain. And so, as our resident expert, I'm keen to explore Iggy's view of identity, his own identity, and what he's learnt about black masculinity in the process of editing his book. Iggy, I want to start this by saying thank you so much for joining us today. I've become very fond of your work and I'm, I'm really excited to indulge in this conversation. Thank you, thank you. So, in your own words... You say that your work touches upon themes of identity, community, and coming of age. In that vein, I want to explore those themes in our interview today, starting with identity. Mm. So from your perspective, what words or phrases define your identity? That's a good question. I feel like it's one of those things where like, we don't often think about those those kind of questions which are relate to our own identity like what words or phrases relate to our own identity and I and I and I think that one thing that I would say brings to mind the most like so evidently especially growing up in the UK is like how we describe or identify as like 
black to our, our, our race. I feel like a massive part of my life was kind of preoccupied with and just trying to understand and assimilate and figure out what my sort of like identity was, quote unquote. And as part of that was it was my race. And like I remember going up and like not understanding what those things even meant or what race meant. And that how that compared or contrasted to other people's race. And I think growing up, I wasn't aware until I was made aware and it became sort of suddenly such a part of my own identity, particularly in relation to like particularly in relation to like society and what society deems as acceptable and what society deems as like quote unquote the right thing. So suddenly you hear your own blackness connected to certain like things or or news outlets or like newspapers and people talking about this and stereotypes and suddenly like your identity is formed as part of that. I think a large part of my identity was also being a son. <laughs> yeah, I would say that I'm a, uh, or my mum would say I'm a, probably a mama's boy. So I think a large part of my own identity is driven by my mother's own identity of me or what she, how she views me, how she sees me. And that's kind of like geared who I am as a man, geared who I am as a, as a person, I would say. Now, kind of like growing up and getting older and a little bit more mature, I feel like my identity is also driven by phrases like being an artist or, you know, meanings or what, what relates to art. I think that's, that's been a huge preoccupation of mine recently. And I feel like I really kind of like established myself as like trying to, or at least doing everything to be an artist, I would say. And a writer, I would say. So yeah, those are kind of like the, things that right that can connect to me the most at the moment but um there's a whole bunch of things i would say that that connect to my own identity you mentioned how you have multiple uh, elements to your identity do any of them have more significance to you or are they all like equal to each other mm, that's an interesting question i feel like they're just as equal as each other in terms of their importance i wouldn't say I wouldn't like want to say that there are things that are like more important. So like me as a son is like more important than or less important than me as a black man or artist, I would say. But I do think there are things which kind of like everyday sort of like preoccupy my mind and, and are I'm more aware of on you know on in certain days than others. But yeah, I would say that like it's like a it's a rotational thing it changes and it ebbs and flows but it's not no none of them are more important than the other I would say yeah of course taking it from someone who uh, is a podcaster so a kind of an artist uh, a verbal artist if you will I like to acknowledge how this part of me has as much significance as like being like a brother like a a son a a half black guy a a black guy but then depending on the circumstances or situation you have to change what you prioritize whether that be an event a networking a reunion a get together I, I think it shifts yeah 100 percent. i completely agree i think it would be taxing and so tiring you know if for every single time or place or event or thing that you did you you know at the back of your mind you know your own identity of your blackness was so you know your own preoccupation whilst you're like dude i'm just trying to have a drink i'm just trying to like yeah <laughs> I read a book. I think so many of these things become less, you know, um, they ebb and flow and they change as you sort of like go through life rather than it being on the periphery of everything. 
of every sort of part of your existence, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, of course. So with that being said, why is identity so important to you? I don't know whether necessarily identity in, in, the, in the structured idea of words have meaning, which you sort of attach yourself to as signaling you are part of this group or thing. I don't necessarily know if that's like super, super important, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I like what identity sort of provides and yeah, the effect of it. So for example, of the idea of being and, and the feeling that you are together so you can actually identify if you identify in this way uh, and other people identify in in the same way that you have this sort of like commonality and this kind of like connection that could like be able to give you a source of comfort and reassurance and pride or like mission or purpose and I feel like that's really important as as people in general as as humans living in this world and it's such a crazy world I feel like the idea of like signaling who you are and that being projected in front of people other people for to like be able to establish and and see you as you are I think is something which is like really really important to everyone's sort of like psyche everyone's sort of like identity so yeah so I would say that that's that's why it's super important but you know words connected to phrases connected to like who you are I don't necessarily know if like you know like words are so important but in terms of identifying yourself but the fact the effect of identifying yourself in that way has such a like a long lasting effect as to who you are and 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 yeah it can be a source of great joy and importance you know for sure i want to pick up on a point that you just said about how the world is crazy <laughs> i think inevitably like as a black man as black men even sorry we're very conscious and aware of the way in which our identities have been like constructed and stereotyped and obviously you are very well recognized for creating work which shows a very intimate and vulnerable side of black men. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I'd say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so with that being said, how would you say your work challenges pre-existing notions? Yeah. Yeah. This is a question that I, I, I get a lot of the time. And I find it really difficult to answer because, uh, because a number of reasons. Firstly, like I don't necessarily go out with like a mission board. <laughs> yeah. Deconstruct masculinity and black masculinity. And I don't like try to like police people in terms of who they are, what they're trying to say. I'm not like obsessed or like, you know, occupied in this idea of like trying to like really change the way we see it's the way we see sort of masculinity by like trying to like dismantle things but what I, I really think is really clear from my upbringing and from my like experience in life and from what other people's experiences in life is that oftentimes we generally believe that the ways in which society project our sort of portray black men and portray us as people can really stifle our imagery as to, you know, the extent or the the elasticity to blackness. Like, it's so difficult to be able to, like, really see how far you can go with your blackness, how far you can go with your own identity or who you are, if there are so many sort of stigmas and tropes and portrayals which feel like you have to assimilate and connect to, otherwise there's an otherness or there's this feeling of, like, you're not quite there yet. You're not quite black. You're not quite this. You're not yeah. quite. And suddenly it becomes difficult for like people to be able to live without 
are considered blueprint because that blueprint is all they've known, right? So what I think I tr- I try to do in my work, or I, you know, I, I, I pray I do, is just to provide more sort of avenues and like more sort of like experiences that I think are really important to everyone's life, regardless of your sexuality or your your gender, of your of your race, your creed, what you you know, who you you know, how you pray at night, what you eat. Like I think it's important that like irrespective of of those things you're able to understand or yeah understand there are more there's more to life there's more experiences to life and I, what i try to do is just hold more mirrors on my other experiences that i've had because all of those experiences have taught me that we are actually quite varied and there's so many different nuances and so i like to just project all these different nuances into the world so that people have more to attach to there's more opportunity there's more opportunities to expand and explore your mind and not necessarily think that you're kind of like connected to one thing that and that's you know something that I sort of battled with when I was growing up so I wanted to figure out how that looked like in the modern day and how that can help other people feel connected to their own identity of who they are yeah yeah I like that so you haven't really got any direct intention in the way you want to portray a specific thing it's more like due to the people around you and what you observe you are inevitably catering to a wider perspective but I guess due to societal changes and the way in which we hope the world is shaping the way we are is different to what we would have been like if we were young black men 20 to 30 years ago yeah for sure uh, the shift is noticeable it's been noticeable and I feel like it's one of those things where like due to changes in like technology and social media and like the needs to connect in that way has really allowed a lot of people to be able to step into a lot of the nuances and things that would otherwise be considered taboo or like just random stuff. Like I see loads of like, I know this could be the most tiniest thing and it's probably not true, right? But um, TikTok and social media, like Instagram and Twitter, you know, a lot of the time you see, I see like loads of dance videos as well, like yeah. new tracks or like that. <laughs> and I find it really interesting because like you would see like guys and girls absolutely going ham, like doing crazy dance moves and looking hella cool. I wish I could do some of them. Me and you both. <laughs> <laughs> the joy in their faces and like some of the stuff that, you know, I saw and I was just like, wow, like, there's such a joy, there's such a like expression. But when growing up, I didn't see that from like people growing up when I was in like my old, my older sort of peers or people in my year group. Like I didn't see them like bust out a skank like hard because they were scared of whether they'll be judged. So I feel like there's such a change in culture, such a change in what we do that I think is an it's an exciting thing. And I, obviously, yeah, to one person it could seem really drastic. You know, one person could argue like you know, we're not men anymore. Like, we're not this. Like, there's so many different arguments that people could have. And then another group could say that we're, you know, this is great. Like, it's a source of joy for a lot of people. So, yeah, I, I think it's um, it's an ever-changing mm. place, which I'm excited about. I'm excited to see the change. I'm excited to see how far we can grow, how many yeah. more streams or avenues of people, you know, take to. Uh, with that being said, then, can we expect you to hop onto the um, TikTok dance bandwagon in the future? <laughs> Yeah, I'll be down. Listen, like, if you give me a good choreo, good choreo, and I'm, I'm actually there. I'm actually there. Good track and good choreo. <laughs> okay, I'll talk to my people. Yeah, exactly. Love that. <laughs> Let's talk a bit about community. Mm. As a Black man, where do you find that place of comfort and community? 
Mm. I'd say largely my family. Like I'm, I've got like a very tight knit family. I've got two younger brothers, and I've got a mum, and we're all really, 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 really close. We've been close for a long time, and I really value all of their kind of opinions. I find like a lot of like calm in their sort of presence, and like we're very like comforting and loving people. Genuinely, like I feel like I've had a very lucky experience in terms of my upbringing, and it's taught me a lot about like the people that I care about the most and the people that I lean to. So yeah, like I think for me, family has been like pinnacle of my like of my own like life and like you know what I care about. Friends have been a massive part of that as well. Become my sort of like my chosen community, the people that I you know I choose to have in my life. They are you know like I I think that they are great sources of respite and like connection, but also like development and telling you how it is and <laughs> teaching you a lot about yourself. And yeah, I hold those sort of relationships really close. So yeah, that's where I think I find the most community. I think that there's a larger community, like digital community, that I find connection with as well but I also think that that community can also be unhelpful and unhealthy and you have to kind of like take a step back in terms of your own relationship with the, with the digital age and social media but yeah I think for me the first and foremost has definitely been my friends and family and you've answered this a little bit but what does community mean to you yeah I definitely know what like community what community means to me is like a group of people who are able to come together who are sort of can be like-minded but don't have to be and they share a common sort of goal whether that's like big or small or direct or indirect and like it really is established or turned on where there's a proximity you know Mm. that's like an estate or whether that's like two people living on the same street or whether that's like an office you know whatever it is I feel like you can find community wherever it is. It's just that there, it always activates or is likely to be activated when there's like that close connection or there's a proximity to them. And, and largely, I feel like, you know, it can be a place of like connection, but also like a place to sharpen one's mind and develop as well. I feel like a lot of people like to talk about community and be like, yeah, where we come together, blah, 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 blah. But also it's when you're like, you can be questioned you can be challenged and you develop your mind. And I feel like that's when the community can be really effective to helping like one another. And I feel like I always relate it back to like when I was growing up in primary school when like there was just a bunch of like loads of people on my block, on my road. And we all would come out and knock for each other and take care of each other. And I feel like that's like the biggest sense of community because it wasn't just like a bunch of people in, in together and like just living, but more so the sharpening of one's mind and the checking upon each other, making sure we're good and all of those things that meant a lot to me when I was growing up. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite wholesome, isn't it? It's like subtle little signifiers of like a sense of unity. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk a bit more about your experience of coming of age as a young black guy. Mm-hmm. Where did you find joy as a kid? Yeah, I, I... I found joy in those places. I, I was like, it's so crazy because I was a really quiet child and I didn't speak that much. And I was like, kind of like obsessed with the TV, like watching TV. And I'd watch like Hollyoaks and then EastEnders and then 
Coronation Street and I'd watch like Charmed and like random things and I would always find like joy in like stories. Since I was like young and I used to be mesmerized, I remember the first time that I went to a cinema and I generally didn't understand what cinema, like I literally looked at it and was like, it was um quite quiet cinema and we we watched 101 Dimensions. Oh, love it. <laughs> Mint film. Yeah, exactly. And I remember just like watching and being like spaced out. Yo, this looks like it doesn't look normal. Like there's a bunch of seats and there's the architecture and it's just weird. And I found it so exciting. Yeah, I just remember like watching the film and being so mesmerized that I watched it on a big screen. And I knew there and then, like, I, I, I want to love film. I'm going to be inspired by it. It's going to be a place that I feel like connected to and my mind can wander. That's mad important when you're young. Like, I feel like your mind should wander and you're, you should yeah. be challenged by your mind and you should always, it should always come from an enriching place. Like, exploring and exploration is really, really, really important. So yeah, that's where I found joy the most, I would say. It's probably in my sort of like exploring of who I was and, you know, watching films and getting myself in books and just like being obsessed with like ideas and stories and and characters. And that was really important. And if you don't mind me asking, what would you say has been your biggest struggle growing up? Um... I would actually say it's it's probably it's probably you know the experience of going into uni. You know, I went to studied in Birmingham, away from London, studied law for three years. And whilst I loved the course and I loved like everything that you know it had to offer, it was difficult to to really meet people that weren't like me <laughs> and weren't like. Um, but they were like same race and same attitudes and had liked the same things, but fundamentally like weren't like me. I really had to struggle with my own identity and who I was. And that's kind of like how I became a filmmaker was when I wrote poetry and like started to learn a lot about like who I was and like my place in the world. And, you know, I wrote a poem called Black Boys Don't Cry. And then it kind of, you know, it sort of like snowballed from there in terms of like my experience of talking about masculinity. But I just feel like it's one of those things where, yeah, I struggled with like just trying to find my own people and like where who I was. And I feel like that was one of the biggest challenges because I kind of like stopped being who I was. I had to pretend to in a certain extent, really try to play like the macho type and yeah. do up roadman and like just pretend not necessarily be my myself. And I feel like that definitely really challenged me in terms of like what I thought you know, I was and who I was and stuff like that. So I think that was the biggest sort of challenge growing up is figuring out who I was in a world where like what you was wasn't necessarily even projected into the world. Like it wasn't like a thing that you would talk about. Like people wouldn't talk about their emotions or their feelings or how vulnerable they are or, or just, just show the different types of people that they were. It had to be a very two-sided kind of experience rather than a 3D one. So yeah, like, yeah, that was my kind of experience. And I feel like um, I struggled with it, but it was one of those things where I had film or I had like poetry to sort of like give me that solace something. How do you overcome that? Like, how do you navigate away from that? Like, how do you move in a different direction? Um, yeah. Well, like for me, it was a lot of, um, it was a time where I saw a lot of like my, uh, not my space, but it was more, <laughs> that was earlier. <laughs> Instagram kind of like was up and coming and slowly people started downloading it and I feel like that's where I, I was able to like see myself 
And I saw other people like me and I was like, oh, wow, I want to do this. I want to do that. And suddenly it became something where you realized your preconceived notions of who you had to be were all like just rubbish and you could kind of like explore other things. So, yeah. I feel like a lot of the time we don't realize the significance social media has. It's clear there's a lot of implications and consequences but the way in which we are able to network, collaborate and share ideas globally is pretty like pretty spectacular, I'd say. Mm. I think I definitely have found a forum and a wider community due to social media. 100%, yeah. How did your coming of age experience impact the person, the filmmaker and the creative you are today? Mm. I think for me, I was definitely observational sort of character. And growing up, I would see, I would obviously watch films obsessed with like certain films. And I remember, especially coming of age films, I don't know why, I was like obsessed with them. I just felt like I could see myself and I understood myself in those types of movies. But I remember like watching it and just like finding stories that I really liked. But then kind of like growing up, I realised that like the more and more I was watching them, the more I realised that like, there wasn't necessarily a plethora of different black experiences or black male experiences that really were like within the films. Like it was very much one-sided, one-dimensional. And if there was one, it was like quite stale. Like it was like an old archaic idea of, you know, masculinity. And so like, I remember just being like, wow, there's there's not like a a story. There's not a, like a, like a exploration of like black stories. And I remember like becoming a filmmaker, I was like, you know, the one thing I'm going to do, I'm just like, tell a lot of those stories like I'm going to make a spy film and then I'm making a get come and get age film and then I'm going to do like a comedy I'm going to just do all the things I'm going to start from like Shakespeare and like keep on going down and like find everything and just have like loads of black characters like do everything that they've done like have a black Doctor Who and a black superhero and a black this and a black that to make up for all of the times that we never had those, those experiences because I feel like ultimately like they can really help you and change your life they can help you, you know, find your own sort of way and like your own identity and your, I mean, and give you a sense of like solace and understanding of who you are. Like films have the ability to really change your perspective. And so having them driven by a character that looks like you is really important. So that's kind of like how it shaped my own like experiences as a filmmaker because it's driven by my own, my youngest, my younger self trying to make films for, for him, you know. No, I love that, man. I think we're at a really cool point where there's a lot of roles where this is like the first black character to portray it. I don't know about you, but I can't contain my excitement for the new Doctor Who. I am obsessed with Shuti Gatwa and I'm so excited. It's just, it's just things like that, isn't it? Like, yeah. who would have thought 15 years ago we would have had a black Doctor Who? Yeah, it's insane. It's actually insane. So, And especially because the franchise is such a strong has a strong, strong identity and a strong, like, you know, symbolism that you feel as though, like, it can never even be that. Yeah, you'd think it wouldn't even be a consideration. Yeah, exactly. You know, it seems cool, so, yeah. Finally, I want to talk a little bit about your book, Mandem. I'm really excited. There's a lot of men on there who I really love. Um, I can't wait to read it, man. Um, I want to ask you, what was the biggest lesson you learned from editing the book? Yeah. Well, the thing about Mandem is that, like, it's 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 built off a, a hypothesis, and the hypothesis is like, can black men get along? And it sounds really strange, but growing up, or like 
within the kind of like field that I'm in, I feel like a large part of my success as a black man has come from black women. And women in general, like my, you know, the first kind of like feature that was featured on like on TV was, you know, organized by a black woman, like my representation in terms of my agent, in terms of like all the steps that I've taken for me to get to where I am in terms of my success has been made because of black women and women in general. So I would say that like a large part of my concern was like, where's the man they're at? Where's the, where's the black brothers in terms of like being that source of support and source of like achievement and coming together. And like, I feel as though like women come together in a completely different way than black men. And I wanted to be able to establish like a way of forum, a place, you know, a book that is able to like have such a host of different stories and different experiences and personalities that could help people learn about themselves without feeling like ostracized and without feeling like I, how I did when I was growing up and being like, where are these men? Like, yeah. where are they at? And having a source of like role models. And that's why I learned. I, I learned that the way in which we sort of go out in the world is a very complex way. It's more complex than we think. Like black masculinity and how we sort of relate to each other is like, coded and how it's why it's coded and all these things and it's uniformity and it's like saying bruv and yo what are you saying like I'm trying to be like you like all of those words that we say in exchange is also a place of love and our mannerisms and how we sort of like relate to each other is all like from a place of like care but it's just the way we find it very difficult to do so so I wanted to make a book that was like it tries to provide that level of self-care that we need that's not so coded that's not so like um, hidden and it's like very expressed and honest you know that's been my book like the biggest lesson from random is that we all are very different and the way in which we relate to each other in terms of being able to express real concern and care for each other is coded and it's a little bit different and complex but it doesn't mean that it's not there so not too long ago i was um preying your book and who you had conversations with i think it's fair to say it's a very um wide range of different black men I'm very familiar with quite a lot of their work and it's a lot of different perspectives and a lot of different identities, even despite all being black men. And that can inevitably create, I guess, a range of different outcomes when you're having discussions. Mm. So my question to you is, when you're having these conversations and reading these essays, was there anything that surprised you or made Mm. you change the way you interpreted things? Yeah, I'd say, I think everyone's chapter in the book like each person's chapter is incredibly like different and like unique there's something and they all talk about that i found compelling and that's the reason why they're in the book but i'd say like just going through into like the psyche of them is is really intriguing like someone like jordan and how he talks about like a sexual experience that sort of developed in secondary school is hilarious like the way he goes about it and he's able to really discuss it like I remember when we, you know, started speaking about, you know, topics and girls and like dating and sex and all that. Like, I remember just being like how complex and weird that whole experience felt. And the way he sort of writes about it just like goes back to like how, how we, you know, some of us may have felt and experienced those firsts that we all have in terms of our, those connections. And so I found his really compelling in that way and nostalgic and like really brought about something for me that was like, yeah, I definitely could relate to that. And then others have just been like really sort of like astounding from their the way they, they write and the way they sort of like express their emotions and how they, they like they really break it down to like what, you know, 
some people like write you know a whole thesis about like masculinity and others like just talk about like one small experience when actually could actually really tell a lot about their own sort of life and so yeah i just thought they're all really kind of fascinating and there's just others which i relate to but i, th- I still feel like there's such a plethora of language and story and there's all they're all different for all different reasons so yeah that's why i think they're great and uh, where can we find the book and when does it come out exactly yeah so it comes out the 9th of march and it's uh, basically available online everywhere like all major retailers so like Waterstones and foils and dawn's books and we're doing loads of like different events throughout the year so like we've got a bunch of different events so it should be really exciting really exciting <laughs> sure. incredible yeah. i'm very excited to read it uh, i want to end this conversation by asking you what does being a black man mean to you the, the hardest question <laughs> go out in a bang <laughs> yeah exactly um being a black man to, means to me you know is the ability to sort of understand my my strengths and understand my like who i am in relation to the things that you know i want and and aspire to but also un- to understanding my weaknesses and understanding my vulnerabilities understanding where i can improve and also just understanding where my relationship to 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 other people that aren't you know men so like women and and uh, and non-binary people and understanding like where where I stand and how I can support and how I can be best to help and it's not just centered around me but also around the yeah. people I'm around and how I can best facilitate them so I feel like that's what it means to be a black man is to understand yourself in amongst other people that aren't like you again I feel like I've learned a lot from this chat. My mind is so um, stimulated. So I want to say to you from myself and everyone at Lives of Colour, thank you so much. What Iggy said about identity was really interesting to me. We need to move away from perpetuating an inelastic view of black male identity and instead create new blueprints that encompass the varied perspectives of black masculinity. Once we've done this, we can focus more on the commonality, comfort and connection it can provide. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Mangrove. In next week's episode, I'll be talking to academic and social anthropologist Furhan Samanani, who will be helping us understand what identity actually is. To make sure you don't miss out, follow or subscribe to Mangrove wherever you are listening. And if you can, please share, leave a rating and a review as it helps people find us. Thank you. Mangrove is brought to you by Lives of Colour. It's hosted by George Hillwood and produced by Tyra at Foss Creative Studio.